Welcome to another episode of the Granite List Live, where we talk about all things related to employee benefits and human capital. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace, and we are thrilled to be joined today by longtime friend and sounding board and all things benefits guru, Al Lewis. Many of you already know him as the CEO and Quizmeister-in-Chief of Quizify, but my guess is we've got a couple of folks listening in that may not be as acclimated to Al as some of us are. So Al, I'm going to turn it over to you and tell a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Well, I have a background in healthcare and before that at Bain and Company and uh, in consulting before that. I uh, taught healthcare economics at uh, Harvard and uh, actually uh, healthcare law as well. I took healthcare law at Harvard, uh, Harvard Law School. And the way I got into actually doing Quizify, as many of you know, I used to be the person, who, the first person, now, of course, almost everybody, uh, who uh, pointed out that none of this wellness stuff actually worked, uh, you know, the conventional sort of line people up to be screened and tell them what diseases they have kind of thing. And, and what I found is that there wasn't, uh, after you did that, people would say, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. What should I do instead? And I never had it instead. And then one day I actually had gotten a job, don't ask me how, uh, hosting a radio show, radio series on the NPR affiliate in Washington, D.C. Okay. They did on the basis of, of something else altogether and another book I wrote. And so I'm having to host this thing, you know, because they didn't have the budget to have a real host. So I got to host it myself, you know, like buttons and everything. And and uh, at the end of the episode, the producer says, well, that'll, that's a, that was good, but it'll sound better after you get over your cold. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is the way I sound. You know, what you hear is what you get. So I called back up to my uh, primary care physician here in, uh, here in Boston. And, uh, I, you know, I say, you know, somebody told me a long time ago I had a deviated septum. I think I might need to, to see somebody about that because I just got this gig and I might lose it, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, being a, a patient-centered medical home, which was a big deal at the time, another thing that didn't work, by the way, they make your specialist appointments like that. So I, as soon as I got back, they had me an appointment with the ENT. So the ENT sticks a scope in my nose and says, well, you have a deviated septum, but that's the least of your problems. You've got polyps. I didn't know what the hell polyp was, right? So she says, immediately, my, this whole visit is taking place in about six or seven minutes. She says, here are the things we can do about it. We can take them out. We can operate and take them out. And they could grow back and you have to, you know, take care of it while you're recovering. Uh, we could put you on a three-week course of antibiotics. We could put you on antibiotics plus Flonase. And I'm going to want a CT scan of your sinuses. So the first thing I say is, well, shouldn't we do the most conservative thing first? And she says, quote unquote, with the exact intonation, well, you could. As though like only an idiot would, right? <laughs> so I'm already thinking, you know, this is this is a little sketchy here. And by the way, she was salaried. She wasn't going to get any more money for doing an operation, but, you know, you're trained to operate. And then I said, well, I don't think it's, remember, she said three weeks of antibiotics. So I said, well, I don't think it's bacterial. And also, isn't three weeks an awfully long time for an antibiotic? And mind you, this is without Quizify, without knowing anything except for just some basics. And she says, quote unquote, well, a lot of my patients report good results with the antibiotics, which of course is exhibit A in bad medicine, right? You don't sort of go with your own anecdotes, you know, you go with the data. So now I really want to get out of there. So I agree to the Flonase to treat my hoarseness. 
And uh, and then I'm thinking I'm never scheduled. I'm not scheduling a CAT scan on my sinuses. But I go home. I live maybe, I don't know, seven or eight minutes away. There's already a message on my machine scheduling this CAT scan. So I think, well, I'm just going to ignore this thing. It's going to go away. No, no, no. They call back twice more. So I'm, I have to affirmatively cancel or else they're going to bill me. So meanwhile, I think I'm done with this person. I'm taking the Flonase for the hoarseness. And then one day I actually read the label of the Flonase and it says, Side effects can include hoarseness. Okay, so that's when the light bulb went up. If this can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Okay, it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Number one. Number two, I also had the light bulb in knowing how to fix it, which is my other background besides healthcare is, is in trivia. So for instance, a Harvard Law School, I didn't graduate with any great distinction, but I won the trivia contest. And I've been on Jeopardy and I wrote a, a best-selling trivia game. So I thought I can marry these two things together to create Quizify. And that's how Quizify got created. A coda on the events in the doctor's office. So I, needless to say, I stopped everything. And then I got a nasty note from the PBM saying, you stopped your Flonase. And they gave me one star out of five. If that doctor only knew where you are now. Well, actually, the funny thing is she does. Because what happened is I put this anecdote in my book. Didn't mention names. Cracking Health Cost, the one I did with Tom Emmerich. Someone who knew the head of the practice, and this was Atreus Health, the largest physician practice in, in the Northeast, gave it to them and uh, who knew me and who knew them gave it to me and said, you know, this took place in your practice. <laughs> and the guy was horrified and he put me on their board of directors. And I'd still be there today, but we sold to Optum. There you go. Uh so let's talk a little bit about Quizify. Tell the audience what the applications could be for the various Quizify products? Well, there are three Quizify products. The first one is what we call Quizify Classic, which is Jeopardy meets Health Education meets Comedy Central. Whatever the topic is in healthcare, we've created a trivia set, uh, question or more, usually much more than one out of it, that we give to employees 12 times a year, 10 questions a month. And we do this for everything from uh, you know, any topic you can imagine. For instance, we've, we've just added questions. I don't know if you saw the study that just came out about Splenda that turns out to be practically poison if you take it in anything more than the very occasional quantity. So we've already put questions in about that. That's product one. Product two is the ER sticker shock prevent consent. This is probably the thing that we're most known for these days. We have figured out how to game the system in order to pay a reasonable price when you go to the emergency room. Do not sign their financial consent. We have a consent that you can put in your wallet and it's now on an actual tape. So when you go to the ER, you have them print out the financial consent, you slap ours onto it, and their billing is capped at two times Medicare instead of depending what state you're in, what hospital you're at, anywhere from three to 15 times Medicare for in-network. The third part is the doctor visit prep kits. You know, there's, there's, there's lots of information out there on the internet, but it's not set up to mirror the doctor visit. We have created a virtual GPS for doctor visits where for 193 different topics, we mirror exactly what goes on. We start by telling you a little bit about them, telling you how to prepare for your visit, the questions to ask the doctor, as you've noted, Sally, there is a way that coaches can add their own questions so that the patients can ask those as well. The things that doctors are likely to ask you, 
the things that doctors are likely to do, test, or prescribe. And then if prescribed, we've got the links to drugs.com so you can get a real sense of these drugs that you're going to be taking. This is all linked to authoritative sources, and our questions are reviewed and stamped by doctors at Harvard Medical School. And for the Quizify to go doctor prep kits, often there is an actual topic-specific quiz that you can take as well before you get there. So where do you get your questions? Is this all from your Harvard doctor base that you have? So we started out with a lot of sort of questions that came from the Harvard Medical School material. And more recently, we have just added them as people will say, hey, you know, you should have a question on such and such. Or someone will ask me, what does Quizify say about this or that? I'll say, you know, we don't have a question on that. And we'll write one and we send it to Harvard to, uh, you know, review and and edit and stamp. Uh, As I said, most recently, uh, we've been writing questions on Splenda and Sucralose. So as soon as stuff happens, we write about it. Splenda will be another episode I'm fascinated I want to know. (laughs) But right now, what is your top topic, your most interesting? Oh, well, the topic that people seem to like the most is nutrition. We put stuff out about nutrition, people, no pun intended, eat it up, you know. (laughs) But the topics that save the most money for the employers are all the topics that address overdiagnosis, overtreatment, overmedication, too many operations, that kind of stuff. So, for instance, Americans get much too many, too many scans. And we have, you know, one of our go-to questions is how does the radiation in a CAT scan compare to the radiation in X-ray? We give people multiple choice. It's got like 100 to 1,000 times as much. Well, if you just know that, you're not going to be out demanding inappropriate scans. And Americans get so many scans already without demanding inappropriate ones that if you just get rid of the inappropriate ones, you pay for all of Quizify. So that would be an example of of one of the money-saving topics, even though the employees seem to just like the lifestyle stuff. Speaking of money, talk through some of the biggest challenges in in sales for Quizify. We have one specific challenge in sales. Whatever number two is, I don't even know what it is, which is that consultants tend to give people a list of categories. They give their customers a list of categories to do in the following year. And since we are the only organization in health literacy, forget about the fact that everybody, every surgeon general, Every, it doesn't matter what party, every HHS secretary says health literacy is very, very important and Americans are healthy literate. They don't have it on their list because there's not 25 vendors doing it. So the only way people find out about this is us is at conventions and by us telling people. Consultants, for the most part, we never get RFPs because there's no one to RFP against. Frankly, they can't make any money doing RFPs. So Google is your, your biggest competitor, right? Uh yeah, you know, our biggest competitor is the Google MD, as they call it. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we drill into one of the, the specifics that I'm personally fascinated by and think it should be something that every employer is paying attention to, and that's the ER prevent consent. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that? Yes. So, and this just happened literally the other days. Hospitals must treat you for emergency admissions and emergency visits, regardless of whether you can pay or how you pay. This was a law that dates to 1986 when hospitals used to turn people away from the ER. So it's an excellent law, but the hospitals have used that law to make the argument to the carriers that we have to charge much more for emergency care than for elective care. And the carriers generally have to go along with it because it's like trying to negotiate with a cab driver in a thunderstorm or something. You can't negotiate 
ER. They, the carriers are generally pretty good at negotiating electives, not so much ER. And at the same time, the Medicare price for emergency care is actually very low. Medicare does a, a great job on keeping that price low. Okay, so hospitals will generally charge whatever the carrier will go along to, and you get this big bill. And if you haven't hit your deductible, it frankly probably satisfies your deductible on the first ER visit sometimes. But what we have figured out is because of this law, our consent says we will pay you two times Medicare. And you stamp that on, and that's how much you pay. And the hospital will accept it. Now, I said something just happened the other day. It was just in the news that there's a hospital system in Minnesota that stopped treating patients who owed the money, except for emergency care. So they won't schedule anything. They won't do scans. They won't do doctor business. But if you show up at the ER, they'll take you in. That's how seriously hospitals take this law. Now, why do we do two times Medicare and not one times Medicare? Well, we want to make it so that if a hospital were to challenge it, if they were to say, you know, we're not going to go along with this consent, we know we have to treat you anyway, see you in court, we want to be sure we're going to win. And if we said one times Medicare, they'd say, why does this, you know, bum off the street get to pay the same price that our largest customer pays? So that's why we do two times Medicare. No hospital has ever challenged it. What does happen is sometimes they, quote unquote, forget to uh, send the two times Medicare bill and they send the, you know, two or $3,000 bill instead. And then we have a whole service for getting the correct bill sent. We have this whole thing geofenced, so you don't have to remember that you have it. When you get to the ER, it pops up in your phone. Oh, fancy. So if this is such a great idea, which it is to keep costs down for the employer and the employee, why are you the only one doing it? There's no other vendor out there whose CEO spent half of their three years at Harvard Law School trying to find loopholes in healthcare law to rip off consumers. Okay. So now, like a burglar who becomes a locksmith, I have figured out how to do the opposite. That's why nobody else does it. You alluded to this a little while ago that when employers have the consent provided to their employees, there's a geofence around it that allows it to appear when they come into the ER. So you've made it as simple as possible if I am in the midst of a true emergency to have the specific language there for me, right? But talk a little bit about, besides just teaching employees how to minimize the cost of emergency care, you're also really talking to them, maybe not in the heat of the perceived needed moment, but the value of elective care. So can you kind of explain a little bit more about how you do that? Yeah. So Quizify to Go has these two features in it. One is the minimizes the cost of emergency care and the other maximizes that 12 to 15 minutes that you get with the doctor. Because we have set up for 193 different topics. Okay, You can essentially name the topic. All you just do is put in a symptom or you know drug procedure, whatever, and it will pop up. And it will tell you what you, well, first we'll give you a little overview on it. If you have, well, I just did uh, updated the abdominal pain one with the, with the Splenda. So it gives you an overview of what could possibly be causing abdominal pain, chronic abdominal pain, and then what you do to prepare for your visit. So in the case of abdominal pain, we're teaching you to keep track of your triggers, uh, any changes in your diet, 
in the case of Splenda now, you know, what diet products are you eating, if any, meds that you started recently taking that might have coincided with it, that kind of thing. So you have all this info when you go to the doctor. Then we have a list of questions that you should ask the doctor, because how many times do you go to a doctor visit and you forget to ask a question or, you know, you go home and your spouse says, did you ask about such and such? And you say, oh, you know, I totally skipped my mind or else you did ask the question, you forgot the answer kind of thing. We have curated all the, the best questions to ask, but there's also a place where you or your coach or case manager or whatever can write in your own questions for you. Then we anticipate what the doctor will ask you so you can prepare to answer those questions. Uh, and also if the doctor is going to do a test, we tell you what the likely test is going to be and what it means for you. And then one of my, my favorite parts, oh, and all these things, by the way, are linked to other sources in case you want to learn more. One of my favorite parts, speaking of linking to other sources, is that for the drugs that you're likely to get prescribed for various things, we have links to that particular drug. You know, people say, well, how do I know about these drugs? Well, there is a Rotten Tomatoes for pharmaceuticals, folks. It's drugs.com. It's an amazing site. They have um, any reasonably not uncommon drug is rated on a scale of one to 10 and people put their reviews on. And it is shocking. Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's shocking how low the average review is, but also some things actually do work. And also one of the sad ones, and this is, a, this is for those of you who are interested in health equity, this is one. There's a new drug out for sickle cell disease, aka sickle cell anemia, that actually works. And all the reviews say, this was a great drug and now I can't afford it anymore. I mean, how sad is that? You know, and health equity people, that's health equity right there. Then there are other drugs where like there's a bell curve of the distribution of the ratings, but there's still other drugs where there's an inverse bell curve. You know, people say, this didn't do it for me at all. Other people say, this solved my problem. So then you'll be able to know if something's working for you in a week, it's going to work for you. And if it's not working for you in a week, it's not going to work for you. You just get something different. Is drugs.com where your app pushes your members? Every one of these things is curated to the best sites about that particular item. So, and we find sites that nobody else would have thought of. Like, for instance, it turns out the Alberta Department of Health has some amazing stuff. Most people couldn't find Alberta on a map, right? But boy, yeah. Their Department of Health is right on top of things. And then it's also situational. So like the Dermatological Society has much better information on skin, for instance, than the uh, Orthopedic Society has on back surgery. So we, we look at the special societies. Of course, we look at Harvard when it's available. Mayo Clinic has some good stuff. So we've got a lot of expert links in there. It's really only the drugs that link to drugs.com, but that turns out to be one of our most popular links. Okay. So, so quizzes is your thing. You're a trivia guy. Why do you offer quizzes and why, how do you feel that it impacts the employees more than just a newsletter article? Actually, that's a great question. It just came up today, as a matter of fact. People say, well, how are we going to know how long people spent reading your stuff? Because that's what they try to measure now. Well, you know, you open it up on your screen, you might go, you know, get a cup of coffee or something. Who knows? I mean, it's incredibly inaccurate. We can go way beyond that. We can actually tell you whether people understood what you sent them. That is the difference between us 
and just, you know, health wise or newsletters or whatnot is we can tell you who got, there's no HIPAA issues. So if we want to get down to the level of the individual, who got what questions right and who got them wrong, how many people took the test again, which about 20% of people do, how many people linked, clicked through to one of the links, which gives you a sense of the general interest of the population. We call those our power users, the people who click through and who take the test again, because Usually there's a drawing or incentive to do it once, but there's nothing other than pure knowledge to do it again. That that reminds me of the old, I think NPR, it's like knowledge is power. And I cannot think of a better platform that exemplifies that than Quizify. So we're up on our time. We could, Lee and I could, could ask you questions all day long. So we'll we'll have you back on another show to talk about Splenda and a few other things. But for now, for those that want to learn more about Quizify, of course, there's Quizify.com. We also- Two Zs. Yes, two Zs. We are very proud to feature you on the Granite List as a partner of ours. And we hope that those of you who tuned in learned something new, that you have learned just how easy it can be to tackle health literacy. And it starts by visiting Quizify. So Al, thank you for joining us today. And thank you all for joining another episode of The Grand Atlas Live. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grand Atlas Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.